Hey there, who wants to be more blessed? I do. This is the Something to Bless podcast. And on this show, we are going to talk all things faith, mindset, and behaviors. If I'm speaking your language, stick around. If we want to be more blessed, we got to give God something to work with. And I'm going to help you to do just that. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Barbara Gian at barbaragian.com. Still feeling so super energized and refreshed at the start of this second season. So happy to be here with you. And I hope you guys are all doing great. So I wanted to talk to you today about this very powerful book that I read probably a couple months ago now. And I loved it so much that I shipped a copy to my daughter who felt the same way. Totally loved it. And it connects perfectly with what we talked about last week. So I'm going to share a summary of this book. So it's called The Having. And if you've read it, I'm sure you'll agree with me and get a good refresher. I always feel like it's never good enough for me to read a book once, although that's what I normally do. That's what we most of us do, right? Uh, But it's good to hear details again, because you sometimes hear things in a fresh new way, or you're reminded of something really powerful that you may have forgotten. And so if you are planning to buy the book, I'm going to share a lot about it. So if you don't want to hear the details, then you might want to skip this episode, but don't skip this episode. Just hear it. Hear me out. Hear me out. So before we get into that, I wanted to just talk briefly about a couple of things that are going on right now. First and foremost, the Johnny Depp trial, who's watching that or who watched that, I guess I should say, ask because by the time you hear this, it'll be over. But oh my gosh, I wasn't even into it until my best friend sent me a text a few weeks ago asking if I was watching it because she was busy at work and couldn't keep up as much as she wanted and wanted to know all the scoop. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't even know. I don't know anything about that. But I started checking in on YouTube just to kind of get the highlights and see what was going on. And I got hooked. So I've been watching it every chance I get. And I'm cracking up because people, the the things that people are posting and sharing on their stories, I'm totally agreeing with and just laughing at. It's just, it's not funny, but it is, there are so many funny things about it. And so yesterday, I think was the first day of Amber Heard's testimony. And I'm not even kidding you. The acting, oh my gosh. I'm, I was so uncomfortable hearing her testimony because she was such an actor on the stand and it's cringy. I'm like, oh my, good thing I'm not there because if you know me, you know I make a lot of facial expressions. Uh, I, I would have been making some crazy faces there hearing her testimony. I'm having fun watching that. And I think I want to get together, get a watch party together for the verdict. This is going to be good, juicy, can't wait. So on the topic of books, I'm actually reading my 11th book of the year, which is pretty good. We're in, well, we're in May now. And I'm reading a book by Dana Perino. She is, she has a show on the Fox News Network Um, I don't, I'm not too familiar with the show, but I used to watch a lot of Fox back in the day. And so I recognize her and remember her from that. But she was also the press secretary for President Bush, number 43. 
And I bought this book at, I think it was a thrift shop, actually. I was just, I was with Mia and I always go to the book section and I remember just kind of grabbing a few books that caught my eye and that was one of them and it's been sitting on my shelf for months and months and months and I finally ran out of books. I'm waiting on a few books to come and so in the meantime, I thought I would just give it a read and it's so much more interesting than I expected it would be. And she gives a really touching account of her experience with President Bush. And I always liked President Bush. I don't care what anybody thinks. I love President Bush. He just had this sweetness to him. And and sure enough, that's some of the th- stories that she tells in this book about her time with him and who he is, his character. It's just such a sweet, loving, sincere man. So I'm reading that. So one of the things that I read in the book that you know, we're always inspired and impacted by who we listen to, who we surround ourselves with, and we may not even realize it. One of the things that I was so impressed by with her childhood, she had this amazing childhood. But one of the things that really stood out to me was she described when she was growing up, she was probably between eight and 12, those years that her dad every day would have her read an article from the newspaper. And after she was finished reading it, they would have a conversation. He was always trying to get her to improve her ability to articulate and to think through stories and details and build her conversational and communication skills that way. And she ends up being the press secretary for a U.S. president, which is so impressive. And she was very young. She's my age, actually. She was only in her 20s during that time. So super impressive. And so it gave me the idea like, oh, I need to like really kick it up 10 notches with my son because the boy gets away with murder. He does not read. He doesn't like to read, but I need to push that more. So out of nowhere, after reading this, I'm like, you know what? I bought him a book recently. It's on uh, Messi, a soccer player. And he he has read it a handful of times when I've enforced it. But so many times I just kind of let things go. And so I thought, no, this is up to me. I'm going to make this kid read and I'm, we're going to have a conversation. So I'm just the other day told him, you're going to put your phone and we have limits. Let me just tell you that on his phone time, but telling him you need to put your phone in the kitchen counter you're going to read 30 minutes and then we're going to have a conversation. And so I'm coming at him all crazy with that. And then also it's funny because he's the last kid left in the home now. So we, we, we got plenty of time and energy to focus everything on him. My husband tells me last week, he's going to start praying with him in the car on the way to school or right before he drops him off. So the poor kid's like, what is, he's probably thinking, what is going on right now? My dad's starting to pray with me in the car. I'm stuck. I got nowhere to go. My mom's forcing me to read. Got to have a conversation about what I read after I read. And yeah, we're coming at you, kid. Got to make some things happen here. So that's that. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the having. Oh, wait, one more thing, because I always forget and I almost forgot right now, but I do have a favor to ask of you. If you're new and you're enjoying the show so far, or if you've been around and you've enjoyed these shows, these episodes, I'm going to ask you to write a review, to rate and review. So give it five stars and write just a few words about what you're enjoying. It would help so much with me knowing 
that I'm speaking to somebody. And I mean, I, I do have some reviews, but I would like to keep up with what and how you guys need and how this is serving you. So I would really appreciate that. It does. It is a lot of time and effort to create these and I feel compelled to do it, but I would feel even better knowing that it is definitely serving somebody out there. So help me out with that. And uh, thanks in advance. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so this is the book called The Having and it's written by Su Yun Lee and Zhu Yun Hong. So not the easiest names to say. And if you hear some noise in, in the background, some flipping of pages, it's just me flipping through my notes. I've scribbled everything down, kind of messy. So hopefully I can read everything clearly as I'm going through. All right. So the book starts off with this. Feel the joys of what you have and watch as wealth naturally flows into your life. I love the word naturally. There's some things that we have to do to bring wealth into our life, but when we do it in a natural way, it just relieves of all the pressure, right? Okay, so you know that feeling when you're buying something at the store, you're at the counter, or you're on your way there to pay for it, and you feel stressed out about it. You're uneasy, you have some tension, some thoughts going on. You're just not completely feeling comfortable about this purchase. And it's probably because you have some thoughts in your head about not being able to afford it, not really having the money or having other things that are more important that you need to reserve your money for. So it just has, it's just an uneasy purchase, right? Well, having this idea of having is the feeling of abundantly feeling what you have at that moment of spending money so that there is no anxiety or stress or uneasiness when you're spending your money, because that's not the energy that you should be in any way when it comes to buying things or paying for things, right? And when you get into this feeling of having, it's the simplest and most effective way to the road to wealth. So I want you guys to look around right now where you are, wherever you are. And I just want you to notice the things that you have possession of. So that could be your clothing, your shoes, your accessories, that's all on you. But if you are at home or in your car, if you're in a car, you have your car. If you're at home, there are a number of things, right? Your homes are probably pretty filled up with things. And I want you to recognize that it took money to buy all of those things that you have. And if you were to sit right now and just add it up, you'd probably come up with a big number. So what we have right now with where we are, what we have is a lot. It's already a lot. We're already living in abundance just as we are. And so we can switch our focus from not having enough to having plenty. And when this becomes a, a practice, or I guess with practice, it becomes a natural thought or mindset, that's when everything begins to change. Our whole worldview, we start seeing abundance everywhere. And so the author talks about this idea that anybody can be rich. And I know there may be some of you who think disagree with that, which is totally fine. I kind of had to think a little bit deeper about that myself. But after I read the book, 
I do agree with the statement. So she uses a glass analogy, a glass of water. And I should have explained this at the beginning. So this book is an interview. Uh, there, it's a true. It's based on a true story. So it's a, a journalist interviewing a consultant for wealthy people. So all the advice and suggestions and information is coming from the consultant about what it takes to be wealthy. And that's why the name of the book is called The Having, because that term is what she dives deep into and explains how living in this emotion of having is what leads to wealth. And it's the, it's the feeling that all real rich people have. And I'll explain more on that, the real rich um, people concept in just a bit. All right, so back to the glass analogy. So she has a couple glasses of water and she says, everybody is pretty much born with the same cup, same size glass in life except for all the Bill Gates and Elon Musk of the world, right? Their, their glass is just ginormous and we're not going to compare our glass to their glass. So apart from them, everybody has the same size glass, aka the same amount of potential. And that every person has the ability or, or potential to earn between three and seven million dollars over their lifetime. Unfortunately, most people up to two thirds, never fill their glass more than 10 to 20% over their life. And it really boils down to action and belief, in my opinion. So just knowing that that's a possibility for you and a desire within you to create that wealth or to, to fulfill that potential. All right. So now here's the concept about the real rich versus fake rich people. There is a thing. So there are people in this world who, even though they have the money, the energy that they walk in and carry is not that of somebody who's truly rich. And so let me read you something from the book. This will help a little bit with understanding the concept. All right. So she says, real rich people are those who know how to enjoy happiness as they spend money. How much is in their wallet right at that moment isn't important. What matters is practicing having as you spend your money. That way, the energy of your emotions will draw in more money. It doesn't matter if the amount is small. Having begins when you can focus on the thought that right now I have money, even if you only have a single dollar. As your feelings gradually grow, you'll feel grateful for your ability to earn that money. Then you'll be thankful for a world that lets you earn money. Knowing that money returns to you in greater measure, that's the sentiment of a real rich person. And I, you guys, have been walking in this energy, in this concept of having for several months now. Ever since I read this book, I started just putting it into practice. And I can attest to that, what I just read you. And also, I, so recently, one of my children shared a a story with me about somebody they were talking to. And the person they were talking to had a lot of money. So they were wealthy financially. But they were poor in their mindset and in their energy. This person does not spend freely, does not spend comfortably or easily. The mindset is it's not enough. I need more. It's going to run out. So there's this anxiousness and 
unsatisfied energy with that. And that, my friends, is not real rich. It's an energy before anything else. That's what it is. So when it comes to rich people, a lot of people who aren't rich work harder than those who are, right? We kind of see that or think of it like that. But it's because rich people know how to bring in more money with the same amount of effort. They're a lot more efficient. They've learned strategies and methods of getting more done with less work. And I know how that's done now. It's by investing in their self-development, in their knowledge. They hire coaches for what they need. They read a ton of books. They take courses, workshops. They are constantly feeding themselves. They, are, they have mentors, whether the mentors are people that they hire directly or just choose to be mentored from or mentored by from afar. They're constantly investing in ways to learn how to do things better, how to do things differently. And it works in their favor. This is how it works. They're taking action all the time. So there's this concept called point of application in the book. And it talks about wherever you put your greatest amount of focus is where you're going to see the greatest results. I mean, it just makes sense that way. And the other thing about real rich people is they build all these connections that are solid, that are nourished and nurtured and cultivated over time. So I've always been a people first minded person myself. And even for me, when I go to networking events or whatever, I, I try to keep my focus and my attention on people, just getting to know people and finding ways to serve them or just get to know them because that's what it's all about. I don't like the energy of making contacts with the idea of this person can help me or be a good resource for me. It's very selfish and I can see through right away. And I think a lot of people can too. So I think that it's really important to build a wide network, get to know people from all walks of life, everywhere you go, and just build relationships. I have a lot of mentors, uh, directly and indirectly. And that's something that the book mentions. It talks about this term called Guyin, G-U-I-I-N. And it's basically means a mentor, somebody, an important person who helps good things happen to you. And again, this can be anybody. So anybody that you listen to or follow along with can serve as your mentor. Or if you hire somebody directly, that could be a mentor also, obviously. All right. Now we're going to talk about something called having signals. So remember in the beginning, we talked about the energy that you make purchases with. Well, there's something that you can start doing right away that will maybe help you with knowing whether to buy or not to buy. And it's called red light, green light. And it's really simple. So when you are going to make a purchase and you have those uneasy thoughts or feelings, emotions going on in your body, listen to them. Those you can think of as red a red light. Stop. Do not buy. Do not purchase. Do not move forward in that energy. If you feel confident and easy and comfortable and joyful making a purchase, that's a green light. Go do it. And you want to practice getting into that energy. I remember I used to have not 
I guess, unconscious thoughts of worry or anxiety whenever I would buy little things like Starbucks or, you know, little treats. Or for me, it's always shoes. I love shoes so much. And obviously, there's balance with everything. You don't want to go crazy. But I used to shop with a little bit of uneasiness all the time. That was a regular thing for me. And it's been several years now where I've practiced not buying if I'm not you know, almost, well, I guess 100% sure that I, I'm, I want something, I like something, I'm, you know, and I've loved seeing this in my son. We will go to the store to buy clothes, for example, and I love watching him make the decision of getting it or not, because he will look at the item, and he'll think about it. And if he has any doubt, he makes it a pretty quick decision to put it back and not get it. And I love that. I just love seeing that. Okay, let's move on. So it is okay to have some anxiety. Obviously, we're human. You know, we have these emotions at times. And I had this recently happen to me where I felt anxiety over my finances, which I haven't felt anxiety or anything close to it for quite a while now. And so I was bothered by the fact that I was feeling these things. But there's just a few things that have come, big things that have come up and So I love that this book explained this portion because this really helps with just putting it up, putting everything into perspective. Okay, so think about a boat that is on a voyage, right? We can think about this being a boat on a voyage toward wealth. And the destination is becoming a naturally rich person. So if you're on a boat, or we're using that analogy, the the boat may get jolted by some waves And what would happen in that scenario? You would get seasick, maybe some anxiety, some fear pops up, right? Totally normal, all of that. But even though this is occurring, even though the boat is being rocked and jolted, it's still heading in the right direction. So it's all just a normal part of the process. And the same thing with us filling points of anxiety, you know, over our finances, it's all normal as long as we don't stay there and continue to carry that. I think it's totally fine. One tip that the author gives is to spend time alone, which I always promote. I'm huge on that. This will help you to master your mindset and let your soul lead you. And I know we're just talking about finances, but this applies to everything, obviously. If we start to want something too much, it's just not going to happen because that kind of turn leads to that desperate, desperate energy that is not attractive, appealing or comfortable for anybody. We want to walk in a state of ease and flow and just allow things to happen naturally by our energy, by the way that we're thinking, by the way that we're showing up and acting, the action steps that we're taking, all of that good stuff. So I started implementing a suggestion from the book, which is having notes. So you know, I'm a, I'm a big journaler, I love to write. And the suggestion was that you start taking notes, not every single day, because that can be a bit much, but regularly. So I actually keep notes probably every week, once or twice a week, maybe. And all you do, it's very simple is I write the date, and then you write having, so you write the word having, and next to that, you write out 
specific things in your life that you have at that moment that you're grateful for. What you purchased, even down to even down to meals that you ate. Be specific. Everything needs to be specific. So if I went out to eat at a restaurant, I would write down under having what I where I ate, what I ate. I would write down any purchases that I made, any time that I spent out in nature, anything that filled me up. And then underneath that, you write feeling. That's your next subtitle. And you just write out the emotions that you feel. For me, it's it's almost always the same. It's just deep levels of gratitude and joy and whatever else emotion, whatever other emotion I'm having. But those are usually the typical ones that I write. And so over time, you, you collect all these different notes of how much you get to enjoy on a regular basis. And you see how abundant your life is. And the best way to ingrain this idea of having is by investing in and sharing what you have with others. We enjoy life much more with others than we do by ourselves. I hope. I know I do. And we just amplify the power of having in this way. So when we are givers, our wealth just naturally grows. And to answer the question of can anybody be rich? Yes, anybody can be rich. It's a desire. It's a belief. It's taking action. And I think this is what the author says, and I agree with, is that we kind of put ourselves in a prison when we think that we can't, right? We get caught up in our, our own worldview and we lock up our own potential. We have excuses, reasons, doubts, fears, experiences, all these different things that we use and we take and we own them. But that robs us of our, our own potential to do all that we're created to do. But if your goal is not to be rich, and that's totally fine, we can still work on this idea of just filling and walking in abundance every day, everywhere we go, no matter what. And it's a great feeling. So hopefully we can all walk in this energy of abundance together. All right, my friends, that is it for today. I will see you next week. Until then, be a blessing and be blessed. Hold up. Wait a minute. If you are ready to go from confusion and chaos to clarity and confidence, then you just might be the perfect fit for my mentorship. Learn more about my transformational coaching program by heading over to barbaraguian.com and book your free call today. Nothing changes if nothing changes, people. See you over there.